It is a big week in the Grand House for, uh, for us. Uh, Johnny, who is my third boy, uh, turned five today, uh, which is crazy. Like, that, that my littlest boy is five uh, is a really big deal. And that's Johnny uh, being squirrely himself. Uh, time we had. And then on Friday, uh, our little baby girl turns three. Jordan Grace Grant, and that's her last night enjoying a piece of chocolate cake. And uh, we've been talking about flipping scripts here for the last few weeks at Redeemer, and uh, and and uh, in ways to think about events and to see them differently and to engage them differently. And I was rummaging through uh, a bookshelf that we had, some books that we had accumulated over time, and there was a book that was really relevant to thinking about things from two different perspectives. Especially as, uh, as my little girl turns three, I found this uh, from my mom and I've kept it all these years. It's, it's this book. It's uh, Your Three-Year-Old Friend or Enemy. <laughs> and uh, and that, this is a good read. Um, and as Jordan turns three with all her personality, uh, I'm, I'm thinking I am going to be using this. Uh, and maybe having to think differently about some of our interactions at times. If you have a three-year-old and would like to borrow this, um, I'm sorry, I need it this next year. Uh, and, and you know, the other thing that I wondered when I found this book is like, why did my mom have it, you know? What does that say about me? Um, it must have been for my brother that had their dad. But for, for the last few weeks, yes, we've been talking about uh, flipping scripts. The series we're doing is called Flip the Script. And what, what we've done is verse by verse, worked through the first chapter in the book of James, um, and just trying to understand what, what he's talking about. And really what he's doing is, is trying to get us to think about the ways we behave and the thought processes behind those, those patterns of behavior. And, and in so many ways to turn them upside down, right? He's trying to help us do things like uh, week one we talked about how we can see trials as actually a mean to experiencing tremendous joy in our lives. Uh, last week I talked about how when we see doubt that leads to double-mindedness, what we actually need to do is learn to, to upend that doubt and trust. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, James McKendry helped us understand how the way that we combat temptation is to recognize that it's coming from ourselves and then to remember that God's love is for us and that there's something better there for us. And then today, uh, as we keep moving through this first chapter, we're going to actually think about where our security and our stability is and, and, and learn to instead seek not the things that are fleeting, but the things that are truly blessed. And, and so today's message is titled, From Ty Lopez to the Crown of Life. It's okay if that doesn't make sense. I'll explain it in a little bit. Um, but uh, I'd like us to open up to the book of James. If you brought your Bible, do that now. If you didn't, there should be one in the chair in front of you. And I encourage you to keep it and reference it. We are working through this verse by verse, so you'll be able to look back at it. It's also going to be on the screens. Um, and as we're getting there, why don't we all go ahead and, and, and pray and welcome God into our conversation this morning. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you so much for this chance to gather and for these people and the ability, just the opportunity to celebrate a new life that was given and a welcome into the family of God. And Lord, I just pray as grace uh, has gone out this morning and it continues to go out, uh, that we would open our hearts and our minds to receive it, that you would speak to us, that we would see your love in what you're saying here in the book of James, and that we, we would be able to, to think about the, the patterns of thought we have, to see the, 
patterns of behavior and, and to just trust you enough to flip that script, to, 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 to love you more than anything else, to see you as more precious. And, and I just pray that, that these words, in, in your word today, would help us to do that. However we individually need to do that in each of our lives, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. You are a rock, and you are our redeemer, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. James uh, chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. <clears throat> Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms fall and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Okay. All right, so how many of y'all have uh, watched a YouTube video over the past, I don't know, three years or so, and had to wait those absolutely five excruciating moments while an ad played before you could watch what you actually wanted to watch on YouTube. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. It was, a, it was a sad day when YouTube made that change. It is a first world problem, but man, those are five excruciating seconds. They have been especially bad for me as of late because um, there has been one person uh, in different forms of videos who I cannot get away from and keep showing up. And some of you may know him, probably most of you don't, but it's, it's this guy. Uh, his name is Ty Lopez, and that's how all his videos look, some form, uh, something like that. And, uh, and he is a business owner, an entrepreneur who has been running this massive YouTube ad campaign where he's, uh, he's trying to let us in on the secret to his success. <laughs> he, um, he's been wildly successful, and he wants us to see that. Uh, and, and this is why every single one of the videos that he does, he's like getting off of his private jet and stepping into his Lamborghini. Or he is taking us on a tour through his mansion. And he's just wanting to, you know, let us drop in on what's going on in his life and take a selfie video and just kind of let us know how he did it. And that we can do it too in 67 steps if we click here and, and sign up for the monthly subscription. Y'all get the point? You kind of know what's going on here. Okay. Uh, if you haven't seen a Ty Lopez video yet, uh, you're welcome. I'm about to show you one, and, and it's a gem, and so let's, let's, let's roll that, please. Here in my garage, just bought this uh, new Lamborghini here. Fun to drive up here in the Hollywood Hills. But you know what I like a lot more than materialistic things? Knowledge. In fact, I'm a lot more proud of these seven new bookshelves that I had to get installed to hold 2,000 new books that I bought. It's like the billionaire Warren Buffett says. The more you learn, the more you earn. Now, maybe you've seen my TEDx talk where I talk about how I read a book a day. You know, I read a book a day not to show off. It's, again, about the knowledge. In fact, the real reason I keep this Lamborghini here is that it's a reminder, a reminder that dreams are still possible. Okay. <laughs> 
first time I showed that video to, to my wife Shannon, she said, David, that's not real. And, um, and I, I want to show you that it is. Uh, let me show you every bit of that was real, and there is a library more where that one came from. And uh, if after watching that video, and you're wrapping your head around the fact that now it's real, you're starting to sense that you don't have a tremendous amount of love for Ty Lopez. Uh, and this combo of like humble bragging and sheer arrogance that are part of that video. Uh, know that you're not alone. Um, there is absolutely an internet revolt against this fellow happening right now. There are websites devoted to exposing him as a snake oil salesman. He is the target of blogs, online forums. There are parody videos of this, which are um, hilarious and should not be watched with children. And, uh, and you know, maybe for the first time this morning, he is uh, part of a sermon. Um, uh, and, and, and I think that uh, at least the frustration with his approach is, is kind of justified. I mean, it's, it's painful uh, what's happening there if you, if you watch it again. I mean, uh, oh, hey, guys, I'm in my garage, and I just bought this brand new, shiny, delicious thing to do, right? And, uh, and I don't care about materialistic things, but I have this new Lamborghini that I want to show you that I love to drive through the Hollywood Hills, right? And, uh, and, and you know what I care about more than materialistic things? Materialistic things. I mean knowledge, right? And, and let me just quote the third richest dude on the planet because I like knowledge more than money. Uh, you, you learn more to earn more, but let's pan back to my Lamborghini so I can show you what I'm trying to sell you in the first place. I mean, this, this video... He is talking out of both sides of his mouth. It is unbelievable. It, I couldn't stop watching this train wreck last week. Uh, and now I, my YouTube is plagued with Ty Lopez videos in a way that it's never been before. But um, here's what I want to do. Uh, I want you to just think about that video and everything that's going on there. And, and I want to, to now read again what James says to us in, in the first chapter in uh, the passage that we read. Okay, take all of what's going on in Ty Lopez's video and compare it to what James says now in chapter 1, verse 9. He says this. Believers in humble circumstances, low places, ought to take pride in their high position. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. That is it. A big juxtaposition, a big difference from what we just saw with Ty Lopez and what he's selling, right? Uh, let's make sure we understand what James is talk, talking about here. Who, who is his audience? Who is he talking to? It's believers. That's the subject. That's the first people he addresses. These are early Christians who he's speaking to, who believe the gospel, who believe that Jesus died for their, for their sins and rose again from the grave, and who daily are following him as their Lord. That's who James is speaking to. And what do we know about these believers? Believers in humble circumstances, James said. And so what that really means uh, is probably that they were poor and that they had no social power. And this word uh, that's used for humble in, in the Greek here in the first century, like it, it, hum, humility, humble has some positive connotations for us today as 21st century readers of this, but actually in the first century, the only place this is seen positively at all was in the Bible. If you survey the literature outside of the scripture, humble is always uh, negative. It's always got negative connotations. These are people in the first century who were in really undesirable positions. No power, no money, and a lot of early Christians found themselves in that place of life. 
And so what does James tell them to do? Right? Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. They're, they're actually supposed to look at what everybody else is looking at as low and not good and, and to actually have pride, to, to be proud of the fact that the circumstances of their life are, are not what they would want them to be. And that's such an interesting thing that James says. He is very clearly flipping the script in the way that everybody would have thought about this. He is echoing the words of Jesus who before him said, blessed are the meek, right? Blessed when you are persecuted. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. James is picking up this idea and echoing it and reminding these believers that, that they might be in these humble circumstances, but things are different in God's eyes. The kingdom of God is upside down and inside out, and they, they might be humble in the world, but there's a place for them to take pride in their position in God's eyes. And James is being incredibly clear about that. And, and I don't think we have any trouble understanding what, what, what he's telling us to do. I think the challenge that we have when we read this verse, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. The challenge we have is, is to put it into practice. Is to actually wrap our minds around what he's saying here and, and, and to live it out, to, to do it. Because if I'm being honest, I don't... I don't I don't even know that I understand what that looks like. What does it look like for a person to take pride when the circumstances of their life are not good, when they're poor, when, the, when, when they're humble? Like, forget, forget pride. What about even having joy in bad circumstances, right? Like, when, when our money isn't enough, we don't experience pride. What we experience is frustration and sometimes uh, when other people know about it, shame. Right? Like when, when we lack a voice or a vote, what we typically experience is a feeling of powerlessness, not pride. And, and can you even imagine, like, what would it look like for the Tai Lopez ad to be recast uh, in, in the form of James chapter 1, verse 9? Per, a person taking pride in their humble circumstances. Like, what would that even look like? I tried to imagine it. This is the best I could do. Like, the, so here's a dude driving the payday loans. In a 1993 Chevy Illumina, right? Bumpers loose, it's dinged up, dark smoke coming out of the exhaust, plastic over the windows, and he jumps out and he takes a selfie video and he says, Hey, you know, here I am, just got paid and I'm at payday loans. And and but you know what I care more about than materialistic things? Like the repo man, right? Because I can't fix these windows, I need to just pay my bills, right? And, and is it okay to laugh at that in church? Yes, it's kind of funny, but that's like, the, it, it illustrates what does pride even look like in really, in really sad, tough situations, right? How, how do we even make sense of that? And, and who would want those circumstances? Who would take pride in finding themselves in undesirable circumstances? Because what we actually want, even if we're not willing to say it out loud, it is, is kind of what Ty Lopez is saying. I, I think that's the reality. I think that we want the freedom and opportunity and fun that money affords and good circumstances bring us. And you, you know one of the reasons that I know that? It's the success of this ridiculous YouTube ad campaign. Uh, I was able to dredge up an article that did some background work on this to just see what's happened with this. And, uh, and this data was from 2015. Uh, which is when I think these ads really went viral, and now they've been running for like three years now, so who knows what's going on. But there were, in, in October of 2015, uh, 
there were a hundred million people who saw uh, Ty Lopez's ad. A hundred million people. And, and, and from the folks who ended up subscribing for his 67-step program, uh, this, this fellow was bringing in $7 million every single month. $7 million. The numbers don't lie. Ty Lopez is clearly giving a whole lot of people exactly what they want, right? And, and we, we all know, I think, that we're not supposed to be money hungry. And we know that. We, we all know we're certainly not supposed to be a rich, arrogant jerk, right? Uh, and, and you don't even have to be Christian to believe that. There is a built-in shame in American culture for those who chase the almighty dollar. Uh, and that's why we don't like Ty Lopez. Um, but on another level, how many of us uh, really don't want what, what he's trying to say he could give us? How many of you would be upset about having another zero added to your regular paycheck? You know, you know. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, maybe it was more curiosity than, than actually wanting to know. But this whole week, as I was working through Lopez stuff, I had to resist clicking that button to see what the 67-step program actually looked like. Like, as if it's easy. I mean, hey, you know? Like, like the, the, the reality is, uh, we would not be upset about having more resources and what that would enable us to do, right? And money opens up doors. It creates opportunity and freedom and fun. And, 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 and what Lopez is doing is giving us a picture of what is possible, right? This is why the Lamborghini is in the, in the ad. Because gentlemen, which one of you would mind having the car of your dreams parked in your garage without a note? You know, that, that's, what, that's what he's selling. And, and, and which one of us drives on the interstate and sees the Mega Millions billboard and doesn't think, oh man, what could I do with $125 million, right? I, 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 I think like, Maybe if we scale it down, it's, it, it becomes e even easier to see, like, which one of us wouldn't like the ability just to do those things that we know would make our life a little bit easier, that would take off some of the stress, that a little bit of extra resources would, would afford us, like, like, like enough money to not have to worry about messing with my yard anymore and hire a yard man, or to not have to keep up with my house and my ridiculously messy children and hire somebody to come in and clean a few times a day. Or, or a few times a day. <laughs> that would be great. I would love that. I meant a week, okay? Uh, which one of us would be upset about like having enough money to go on that nice vacation we've been waiting to take for so long? Or, or to, to have the resources to just be able to hire a babysitter regularly and take our spouse out on a date, right? Like, like those are not... Uh, things we don't want. We want those good circumstances in our life. The impulse to move towards those good circumstances are so strong in us. Not, not humble circumstances, but good circumstances. That's what we want. And this is why James, what James is telling us, is so hard to believe and therefore also to put into practice. How are we supposed to take pride in humble circumstances? Uh, that, that's the question. And this is actually why I think the rest of the passage is so important in understanding what he's getting at. Let me, let me read you verses 10 and 11. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildfire. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. 
In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. And so the poor are supposed to take pride in their humble position. What James is telling us now is the rich should take pride when they're humiliated. Right? He's again flipping a script here. Uh, not, not just in the way that the poor see themselves, but in the way that those who have good circumstances see themselves. He is trying again to get us to see things in a way that we normally would not. And we don't actually see this immediately because we are reading this as 21st century Christians. But for so many of the people who first read James' words, they, they were actually uh, of Jewish heritage. And verse 11 here would have immediately echoed uh, to, to bring their minds to another passage of the Bible that they all would have been very familiar with. One of the most beautiful passages, Isaiah chapter 40, particularly verse 8. And, uh, and this is a scripture that says this, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You hear the similarity between that and what, and what we read out of James? That, that's intentional. What James is trying to do is to get these early readers to hear what he's saying in light of what they would have heard and remembered from this passage for Isaiah. He's trying to bring to mind the context and, and, and the point of that passage. And so what is the context? Well, the Israelites, in Isaiah chapter 40, this was being written to them while they were, being, they were in exile in Babylon. They, they were living in a foreign land because they had been taken over and, and, and invaded and their city destroyed. And they had been taken to a place where they didn't want to go, not where God's people were supposed to be. And their lives were an absolute mess. This is, this is what James is bringing to mind. And what's really important to know there, know that, is that that wasn't the case for them. And they knew it. They knew that there was a time in their history before their exile in Babylon when their nation was in a golden era. Golden era. They had so many resources under King, Daz, King David and then King Solomon that they were at the top of their reign. The, the nation was rich, individuals were wealthy, and, uh, and, and that's the experience they had until they forgot about God. They started to decline as a nation, and eventually the Babylonians came in and took them over. And so what James is doing is saying, if you're rich, I want you to remember what happened when, when the Babylonians invaded, I want you to remember your exile. I want you to think about how fast things changed for you and for us as a nation. And, and, and I think the reason he's doing that is because when we have good circumstances, when things are going well, when we're in high places, it's so easy to forget. It is so easy to, to get caught up in those places and lose perspective and and. and and just trust in the security of our circumstances. To, to hold tight to the opportunity and the freedom and the fun that all that affords and forget about the fact that we are there by the grace of God and that things can change really fast. And, and this is what James is trying to help them remember. And honestly, something that we need to remember too because this is important for all of us. When we find ourselves in good circumstances, what James is saying is you need to remember that that can change really fast. There might be a wildflower in a field for a time, but the sun comes out and the scorching heat is there and that wildfire is gone very fast. And so we can think about this in our own history, recent and, and today. There are a lot of people who one day were rich and the next day were poor, who went to bed powerful and woke up humiliated, right? And I just thought about some, some of the instances of this that came to my mind just immediately. Um, Bernie Madoff. There's, there's an example. Here's another one. 
Matt Lauer, right? Here's another one. Uh, I'm my home state of Illinois. Um, it's ridiculous. Most of the former governors from the state of Illinois are in jail, and that happened very fast, right? And uh, and if you know any of those people and um, and those circumstances, you may be thinking, well, they did bad things, and they had that coming. And that's true, right? And I think if you do bad things, you're going to accelerate the process by which you're going to be humiliated, right? Um, but, but I think the reality is uh, this can happen to anyone. It happens to a lot of people for no fault of their own. And it, it's a very real reality for all of us, right? Things can change so fast. I, I learned about a woman that I knew from the last church that, that uh, I served um, who was diagnosed with osteoarthritis, who has lost her ability to walk, had to quit her job of 25 years in child development, and at the current moment, doesn't have enough money to get knee surgery so she can turn this thing around, right? Just a regular person with a health issue. And man, like that is actually a lot more frequent than, 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 than we know. Um, and, and then, uh, you, you know, the, the other reality is sometimes we, we can uh, go to bed rich or powerful and then just not wake up at all. That can happen really fast. There was a person in this congregation a couple weeks ago who was driving, and he shared this uh, actually with the group of us that are thinking and building this men's ministry. He was driving on Highway 6, and he has been trying to just be attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit in his life. And he didn't need uh, too much help here because as he was approaching this intersection, he just heard this, this voice say, look left, look left. And so he turned his head to the left, and there was a, a, a van barreling through the intersection at 60 miles per hour. He slammed on the brakes. And, and the man missed him by a foot, right? What a vivid reminder of how fast things can change for every single one of us. And what, what an incredible example of a God who loves us and is willing to intervene into our lives and to show us grace and mercy. A living God who steps in. And, and I just want to tell you, like, I think this is exactly the same thing that James is doing here in the scripture. That God is trying to get us to understand as we, as we hear James' word. Uh, we cannot trust in the good circumstances in our lives. That control is an illusion. It's not real. He's, and, and James isn't trying to be negative in all this. He's, he's trying to tell us the truth because the truth is the thing that will set us free from trusting in those circumstances. And, and when we're aware of how fast things in our lives can change, uh, those incredible impulses that we have that are so strong in every single one of us, especially living in 21st century America, they just don't have the same strength. We're not as tempted to buy what Ty Lopez or anybody else is trying to sell us, right? We, we don't, when we don't live with the illusion of control, what we do is we loosen our grip on the things that don't matter as much. And then, and then we reach out and hold on to the things that, that really do. The script that James is trying to flip for you and me is what we're holding on to in life, where we're placing our trust. We, we are supposed to trust Jesus more than we do our paycheck. We are supposed to trust in Christ more than we do our circumstances. And when we discover it, I think what James says in the last verse is, Blessed are you when you persevere through trial and you discover that Christ is the thing that's most precious to you. Uh, and, and when you do that, you're going to find life's most precious friends. Blessed is the one who believes it.
interested in that. So how, how do we put this into practice? Like, how, how does the rubber hit the road for you and me? And, and we, we embrace humility and we keep perspective in, in our lives. And I, and I really think the question then is, what does it look like to take pride in, in a low place? And I just want to offer you guys two principles that I, that I think are, are really helpful for all of us. Here's the first. When you find yourself high, get low. When you end up in, in a high position, get down as much as you can, as fast as you can. Um, uh, has anybody ever heard of uh, Nick Wolenda? Uh, he is a professional daredevil. So he is literally high. Uh, but this is, I, I believe, the, the, the man uh, who may have been the first to ever cross the Grand Canyon on a high wire. And, um, and uh, I think if I understand this article correctly, when he did that, a billion people watched him, watched him do that feat. It's just incredible. Here's what I really love about Nick Wolenda. He's also a committed believer in Jesus, and, um, and, he, and he knows how important it is to be loved. Um, as he rose to stardom, he noticed that, that, that the pride of his high position was starting to like have effects on his life starting to take root in him and give him a skewed perspective and make him value and trust things that he really didn't need to be doing. And, and so he started what was a really simple spiritual discipline, among others, but I, I really like this one. Whenever he would do an event, after the whole thing was over and everybody went home, what he does now is he'll walk through where the crowd was and he will pick up, he'll pick up trash, right? And, 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 and this is what he had to say about it. My purpose is simply to help clean up after myself. The huge crowd left a great deal of trash behind, and I feel compelled to pitch in. Besides, this is so good, after the inordinate amount of tension I sought, the inordinate amount of attention I sought and received, I need to keep myself grounded. Three hours of cleaning trash is good for my soul. Humility does not come natural to me. So if I have to force myself into situations that are humbling, so be it. As a follower of Jesus, I see him washing the feet of others. I do it because if I don't, I'll be serving nothing but my ego. Right? It's so good. I love that practice. And, and it's simple, and it's practical, and, and it's something I think that makes us beg the question like, what is something that I could do in my life that would help me to get low, especially if I find myself in, in the temporary circumstances of, of height, right? Like, and, and let me tell you, if it's boring to you, if it's monotonous, if it's annoying, something you don't want to do comes to mind, right? When you think about how you get low, this is probably exactly what you need to be doing to keep your feet grounded. If we're aiming to wash the feet of others, as kind of what Melinda said of his own practice, We've got to do something that doesn't serve our own egos. And, uh, and, and this, this will keep our feet to the ground and for whatever it's living, right? Uh, you know, here's another related thought. Um, what about simply uh, including people in our lives who, whose, whose circumstances are a lot more humble than ours? Right? I talked in the summer about having an outlier in your life. Uh, I think this could definitely. Be, be, be that person, but uh, some of you all, but a lot more of you guys are going to know who this is. This is Jordan Speed. He is a uh, professional golfer on the PGA Tour, and I'm not a huge golf fan, but I think he may be the best in the world right now. He's really good. 
And uh, if you were ever bored out of your mind and watching it all, and, and you see an interview with Speed, that was a joke and it was funny, you should have laughed. <laughs> One thing I've been told is that uh, Speed actually refers to, um, to, to, to the things that happen as successes in plural personal pronouns. So it's never I, it's always we or us. We had a good game. Uh, we, we, we did a great job with the sand traps today. I don't know what golfers say. But, um, but speed, uh, I, where does that come from, right? The thing that's so odd about that is golf is an individual sport. It's not a team sport. He's the one hitting the ball, but he's been able to have this ability to, to recognize that there are so many factors and people who have, who have been in his life that have gotten him to the point that he's today. And so he, he says that. And the thing that he says has been the key inspiration in his life and getting that perspective is his sister Ellie, who is actually uh, high on the autism spectrum. And so after he will win, uh, Ellie's there and he will make sure the first thing he does is he goes over and gives her a hug. And, um, and it's just, he says she's been such a gift to him. Here's what he said, I try to get back home all the time to be with her and regroup because she sets everything in perspective for me. She is so happy for the littlest of things, right? And, and that's the part of the quote that I love. She's so happy for the littlest of things. She has pride in her humble circumstances, right? And he's able to see that. And, and it gives him perspective. And I just want to tell you, if you make an intentional work of including people in your life who are in humble circumstances, that will keep your feet on the ground. That will give you the perspective that you, that you need. And the higher we get, the lower we need to find ourselves. And, uh, and, and, and if you don't have somebody like this in your life, especially if you're in a position of responsibility, I, I would really suggest that you find one. Here's the, the other principle that I want to offer you that I think is very beautiful. It's this. Every day, remember what endures forever. Every day, remember what endures forever. Uh, I knew about a, a really incredible Christian man who had, had a habit. And every morning when he, would, when he would wake up and his eyes would open, he would get down beside his bed and kneel and pray. And he started this at some point in his life and has continued it every day. And, uh, and he would just, the moment his eyes would open, his knees would hit the ground, his head would lift up to heaven, and he would take this super humble position and then just sit there and thank God that he was alive. That's how he would start every day, giving thanks for, for every breath. And, uh, and then he would go on to, to, to spend time praying through all the events that would be a part of that day, that God would lead him and guide him in that, that he would see it, things with God's eyes, and then he would get up and, and read the Bible. And, and I know that's not like that profound or that sexy of a story, uh, but I want to tell you, I think if we get that kind of practice into our lives, um, it, it will ground us, it will humble us, it, it is going to be transformative in a way that few other things are. Because I think what we do is, uh, is we really were living out and embracing this verse from Isaiah that James brought into the scripture. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of God endures forever. The word of our God endures forever. 
What are you doing every day? You're saying, I live by the word of God, which endures forever. I'm going to recognize my humble place, going to be down on my knees, and I'm going to say, would you give me that word today? And that will keep us in, in our true posture, the right posture before God. And man, I just, I just think that if, if we could find that practice, we would experience transformation. I pray that for all Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you. Um, I want to thank you for this, this book from James, for this, these words that he offers us that are not easy to understand, that are hard, uh, Lord, but that we need to hear. And um, I, just, I just pray, I know you're speaking to us, to every single one of us in some way with, with a softened heart, Lord. And I just pray that by the power of your spirit, we would do these things that would help us see our true place, that would help us see your tremendous love for us, and that we, we would just put our security in who you are and, um, and, and see that clearly, even when we find ourselves in high places in life. You know? would, we, would, would we be able to, to take pride when we are humiliated, Lord, and when we're in humble circumstances? Would we find our greatest pride in who you are? 